In the name of the risen Christ, amen. amen. Good afternoon, Holy Comforter. Good afternoon. Well, thank you so much for many things. Thank you for your prayers and your best wishes as I was recovering from surgery. Thank you for coming to church on, on a Sunday afternoon, a gorgeous Sunday afternoon, which was probably almost as difficult as trying to come to church on a snowy Sunday morning. Um, but here we are, and um, I am so grateful, and I'm especially honored to be with the four of you who are uh, being confirmed today, and I particularly want to thank the three of you for the psalm that you helped to write. And I'd like to put you on notice, because at the end of my sermon, I'd like you to read it again. Would you mind doing that for us? Because it was so powerful, and I, I'd like that to be the last words that people hear uh, before we begin the confirmation service. Would that be okay? Thank you. It was really, really quite extraordinary. And unlike anything I've ever heard before in confirmation preparation, and so in the spirit of when you see a good idea, steal it, I'm going to um, take that with me to other confirmation classes and suggest it because it wasn't it quite amazing. I was uh, speaking to some of the younger confirmants right before the service, and I wanted to uh, say to them what I will say to you, which is uh, for my for in my experience, and what I hope most of all that um, people take away from a service of confirmation, as with baptism, as with really any time we gather in church, is, an, is a sense of blessing, of God's overwhelming desire for you and all of us to know how beloved we are of God. And all the words that we've heard resonating through our worship thus far how close God is to you and to all of us, and eager to offer uh, the support and the love and the graciousness that we need to make it through life. Because um, life isn't always a picnic. Uh, it can be really quite challenging at times. It can, be, it can be mean, it can be hard, it can be amazingly wonderful, but there is this sense, this, this sense that just comes over and over again through the through the scriptures and in particular through the life of Jesus that wants us to know that. And um, I said to them, which I um, again will say to all of you, that in a confirmation service, like a baptism service, we, we hear ourselves saying some pretty um, heady things. We make promises. We repeat words that have been repeated down through the ages that Christians have, have said. And um, we've got them in front of us and we say them. Um, and sometimes we may not know exactly what it is that we're saying. I mean, I feel that way sometimes. And I'm a bishop, right? Um, so that should give you lots of room for, um, for wondering what it is that we're actually signing on to, what it is that it means for us to say these ancient words about what we believe, what we reject, what we claim, who Jesus is. And what I wanted to say, and I'm going to say it again, is that you don't have to have it all figured out. That part of what you're saying is that you are showing up from your side. We're showing up from our side as best we can in this relationship with God through Jesus. We're doing the best we can. We're showing up as best we can. And even if I show up with 
all of my faith somewhere down the road that I can't find anymore. I'm showing up, and I'm going to be here as best I can. And, and sometimes, and I think it's because of the way we're, we're, our brains are, are, are wired, I think sometimes we think when we show up for this blessing or for this love that we have to deserve it, that we have to have earned it by good behavior, right? by the right something. Um, it's, not, it's not surprising that we think these things because that's often how we're treated in the world, right? You have to earn so much in this world that we sometimes, and even in the scriptures it gets confusing sometimes, that, that God has some sort of scorecard score that we're being measured up against before we know if we're worthy of this blessing and this love that we, um, we're told we, we, uh, is part of the deal, right? And, and I want to assure you that that's not the case that we're not expected to be perfect. We were talking about this at the vestry meeting before church, that it's not as if when things go wrong and we had something to do with it going wrong, that God says, okay, the deal's off. You know, I thought you were worthy. Clearly I was wrong, and I'm going to go look for some other people. Right? That's not how it works with God. And if you read the scriptures with that perspective, you get it right away. And I'm just going to give you one example because it's, it, it's, my, it's the example that's been in my head all week. And the reason it's been in my head all week is I can't get the song Jacob's Ladder out of my head. Right? You know the song? We are climbing Jacob's Ladder. We are climbing. Right? That soldier's ladder. Do you know how many versions of Jacob's Ladder there are? A million. Bruce Springsteen has a version of Jacob. Did you know that? There's a country song based on Jacob's Ladder. There's, a, there's just a million of them, right? So Jacob's Ladder. Do you all know the story of Jacob's Ladder? Of course you do. Good Christians, let me remind you. So, Jacob was by all accounts a scoundrel. Okay, let's get that straight. He was mama's boy, mama's favorite son. He had a brother. Um, and one day when um, his brother was out in the fields and came back hungry, Jacob was cooking dinner. And Esau wanted something to eat. And Jacob said, OK, I'll give you something to eat. But first, you have to give me your birthright, which is sort of like saying, give me your share of being the, the older brother. right? Give me everything that you've got coming to you I want. And Esau was hungry. And he said, OK. And so Jacob took his brother's birthright. Then, to make it even worse, as, his fa as their father was lying on his deathbed, he pretended he was his older brother Esau and went into his dad and asked for his brother's blessing. And because his dad was old and nearly blind and almost dead, he gave it to him, right? And so he stole not only his brother's birthright, but he stole his father's blessing that was intended for his brother. Right? Now, you might imagine that Esau was pretty angry about this. And and Jacob saw the writing on the wall, and so he ran away. He just left town, just as far as he could go. And so he's traveling along. And now, if you want to read along at some point, you can pull out your Bible and turn to Genesis chapter 28. It's all here, but I'm just going to tell you about it right now. So he's walking along, and he gets tired. It's night, and he falls asleep. And he has a dream. And the dream is about the ladder, right? 
and the ladder's going from heaven, from the earth to heaven. So it's this dream ladder all the way up to God. And angels are going up and down this ladder. And he's watching this in his dream, and he's just amazed. And then he hears God speak, and he speaks to him. And rather giving Jacob a good talking to for what he's done, which is what you'd expect from a God that's been watching, he overwhelms Jacob with his own blessing. A blessing he didn't have to steal from his brother. It belonged to him. And it not only belonged to him, but it belonged to all of his descendants after him. And, um, and, then, and then God said to Jacob, kind of like what we heard in the 23rd Psalm and some of the other readings today, I will never leave you. I will be with you always. If you were Jacob, would that be what you'd be expecting God to say to you? Now, I don't know, have you ever, can you think of a time, any of you, when you were on the receiving end of that kind of blessing or words of love or assurance, when you knew that you did nothing to deserve it? I can think of a time, I just want to tell you about it, because um, it has to do with John Walker. Um, the, first, the first time I walked into Washington National Cathedral, was when I was about 26. And so this was back in, this was way back in the late 1980s, if you can imagine. <laughs> and I was a student over at Virginia Seminary, which is over in Alexandria. And I had heard that Archbishop Desmond Tutu was going to preach that Sunday, and I wanted to go. Do you all know who Desmond Tutu is? Right? Um, so he was... He was the Archbishop of, South, of that part of South Africa. He was, he was at the head of the anti-apartheid movement, which was just at its height back then. And here in the US, you may remember this, but here in the US at the South African Embassy, those of you who are as old as I am, remember that there were, there were protests every single day outside that embassy. People were banging and praying and telling the government of South Africa to end apartheid, which was this horrible racial system as bad as slavery. And Bishop John Walker, who, in my opinion, walked on water in those days, was among those being arrested, right? So this was a big deal. Desmond Tutu was coming to the cathedral. I got there. I got there and sat as close to the front as I could. And if you've ever seen or watched Desmond Tutu on, you know, either in person or on television, he's this amazing man. He's just gregarious and joyful and Loving, and he, he looked at all of us and he said, I just want to thank each and every one of you for all that you're doing to end apartheid in my country. I want to thank you for your prayers. You have no idea how much your prayers mean to me and my people. They inspire me. I want to thank you for all that you're doing, all the protesting, all the... It just means so much. And then he, you know, he went on and he's blessing us and thanking us, and I'm sitting right about there, and I'm feeling about this big, right? I hadn't ever prayed once for South Africa, right? And I certainly hadn't done anything brave for, that, for those people, and I'm thinking, I, I don't deserve to be here. This wave of embarrassment and shame, really, washed over me. But as soon as that wave 
came over me and passed through, another feeling came. And this is what I want you to remember. Another feeling came. And what it was, it was like something inside me just wanted to be the kind of person that Desmond Tutu thought I was. I wanted to be the kind of person worthy of the blessing he was. I wanted to be large enough inside to do what he thought that he was already giving me credit for. You hear what I'm saying? I wanted to grow into that blessing and be the kind of person that he was. And I left that cathedral a changed person. And I think something like that happened to Jacob when he heard God's voice because he rose from that dream a changed man. And he embraced his new identity and his blessing and he went on to suffer quite a bit in his life. And he even went back and reconciled with his brother. And he went on to become one of the pillars of the people of Israel. That's what a blessing does to us. It's not about our being good enough for it. It's about being calling forth from us what God sees is possible through grace and mercy and love. So we're going to say prayers today over these four amazing people. And we're going to pray words of blessing. And we're actually going to pray for the Holy Spirit to be released in you. And what it is, it's not about being good enough. It's being called into what God sees in us through our imperfections, through all the ways that we stumble and get it wrong. That just doesn't matter. What matters is that we were present and we show up and we allow ourselves to be changed by the power of blessing. So when you think about your power to bless, think of that. You are calling forth the best of the person. And when someone is offering a blessing to you, remember it's not about deserving it. It's about growing inside to become the person that God has created you to be. I want you to know, Holy Comforter, that you are very much in my heart and prayers in this time of transition. I'm very grateful to you, Reverend Courtright, for coming back and being with your people as we walk through this time. And um, we will, we will together, I see in this church and in this neighborhood and in the Bishop Walker Center, an amazing potentiality that we will rise together and fulfill as God's people in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, young people, it's up to you. Lead us out with that wonderful word. Would you come forward again and say, the, say those wonderful, wonderful words? Yes, please. In you I have trusted all the day long. In all of the day I shall trust in you, letting you guide me through my life with your blessings and grace. You are my rock, my strength, and my life. You heal me when I am hurt and fix me when I am broken. You help me be a better me. You are here when I need you the most. You are my soul when I feel weak. You are my strength. You are my whole heart. You help me make the right decisions. 
Christ's name. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. Amen.